0: Welcome to a podcast from a live church in Newark. We believe that the gospel changes lives, so we hope you're ready to hear from God, be challenged, and inspired. Here's our speaker for today. One of the characters in uh, that play um, or that film is called Philip Carlyle, and he makes this incredible quote towards the end of the film. He says this. When I first met you, talking to P.T. Barnum, I had inheritance, I had fame, I had an invitation to every party in town. Now, thanks to you, all that is gone. Now, all that's left is friendship, love, and work that I adore. I wonder for you and I whether our lives go on a very similar kind of pathway to that. I would reckon, probably inherently built into every single one of us, is this desire for three things in our life. I'd liken them to these three words, love, purpose, and meaning. Love, purpose, and meaning. I wonder for you, just take a moment, just stop and think. Have you ever in your life had a moment of time where you've fully felt alive? Alan has. (laughs) Maybe it was your wedding day. Maybe it's birth of your first child. Maybe it's a celebration moment. Maybe it was one of those you were out with friends and you just know, I am so alive in this moment. Maybe it's your favorite football team one. Maybe you went to a concert and you just know, in this moment of time, I am alive. I don't know about you, though, but I was inspired by Danny's message when he stood on the platform and said, Do you know what? I've lived a life where I've tried to find life in so many things. He said, drug addiction, alcohol. And um, for many of us, the pursuit of trying to find love, purpose, and meaning can lead us down lines of destruction. I know that there's a number of people in here that their testimony of their life has been, actually, I've journeyed some stuff through, and it didn't go well for me in trying to find that fix. Now I grew up in a Christian home, my mum and dad uh, took us to church, Um, so I suppose in a way I had quite a good upbringing, Um, but when I went to um, university, which was in 93, I decided to start, um, well I decided to have a little bit of fun, I suppose, or what I thought would be fun at the time, and got into a number of relationships, got into um, a lot of a drinking culture in and around the actual uh, university as it currently was at that point. And I realized that over two or three years, I started to lose my faith. I started to lose my connection to other Christians. I started to lose the areas of my life that I felt had brought me love, purpose, and meaning. Until one point when I was in my third year of university, and I got a phone call on Valentine's morning. It wasn't the kind of phone call that I think you think I got on Valentine's morning. It was a phone call um, about my uncle. Now, my uncle was about eight years older than me. Um, he was in the RAF, and he was an RAF helicopter pilot. And he used to, because of the nature of the RAF, he'd spend quite a bit of time at home, and then he would be off on sortie or off on particular um, Uh, activities with the RAF Uh, so he didn't have his own home he used to come and stay with us so I treated him really like a big brother he was a uh, role model to me and we got this phone call on uh, Valentine's Day uh, in my third year of university which said that he died that night in a helicopter crash out in Germany and um, it was one of those calls where your life just stops And just this devastating news lands on your doorstep. You have no sense of where this has come from or why it's come that way. I know when I look at many of you, I know some of your stories, you've had similar moments of time where you've been going on a particular path and something has stopped you in your tracks. Something's made you wake up or stop. For me at that moment of time, that trigger point made me reassess life. It made me re-look at what I was doing and why I was doing it. What was going on in my world that I was trying to fathom out to try and find love, purpose, and meaning? That moment of time when I found out about Chris, my opportunity to stop and think and discover life again was presented to me. It was a moment of time that took my breath away, but it made me wake up. To that point before that... Literally, I looked as though I was alive on the outside, but I was dead on the inside. I was trying to discover life in so many ways. I was trying to discover it through multiple relationships, and I was trying to discover it through alcohol. And I found in no way that any of that led me to a place of life. It actually led me to a place of death on the inside. So I hear this telephone call, and over the next few weeks... I really had an opportunity to make a decision. had an opportunity to reassess my life, to say, am I heading in the right direction? Have I got a moment of time here where actually I've got a decision to make? Let's go back to the circus analogy for a moment of time. It was a little bit like I was stood at the edge of a tightrope, about to step forward. Just a moment of time where an opportunity to go from what I knew to be secure at that moment of time and take a step of faith. In 1974, a gentleman, a Frenchman called Philippe Petit, little guy. um, If you don't speak French, Petit, anyway. um, Philippe Petit decided to walk between the Twin Towers in New York. Obviously, the Twin Towers, you all know from um, the uh, terrorist attack in 2001. In 1974, he decided to walk between them. But he decided to do it not on the ground. He decided to do it via a tightrope tight between the two towers. And he made this incredible statement. He said, "I had to make, I had to make a decision of shifting my weight from one foot anchored to the building to the foot anchored on the wire. This is probably the end of my life to step onto that wire. On the other hand, something I could not resist called me up on that cable. I had exactly the same moment in a conceptual moment of time when my uncle died. I had to take a decision moment. I could cling to the things that I thought were my life, the security of one tower, or I could take a step forward onto a tightrope, which is called faith, into a world that I didn't know what was going to happen, but there was something that called me up on that cable. Today, I'm calling that the desire to come alive. I think built into every single one of us is this desire to become fully alive. We're designed to have that desire, that longing. And The Bible talks about it. It talks about that desire all the way through the Bible. The Bible has been described as God's great love story to you and I. For many of us, we misunderstand the Bible. We think it's just full of laws and regulations and rules. We think it's a stuffy old book that's out of date. But actually, it's just a wonderful love letter written by God through multiple people to you and I. And it says this by one of Jesus' closest friends. It says this in a book called John. And John was a disciple, he was a learner of Jesus, and John describes himself as the closest disciple to Jesus. And in John 10, verse 10, for many of us in the room will know this, but Jesus says this, I have come that they, you and I, will have life and have it to the full. In other words, you will have life that makes you come alive that deep desire that's within you, Jesus is saying, I came that you would have that type of life. Now, I don't know what you think about when you think about full life. You might think like a workaholic. You might think, I've already got a pretty full life. Literally, I work 60 hours a week. I can't cram a lot more in. I was working yesterday. You know, those kind of things. But actually, This isn't the kind of life that Jesus is talking about here. He's not talking about a life that's just full of stuff. He's talking about a full, rich life. In the Greek, which is the original language that this piece was written in, there's two words, or there's multiple words for life. but There's the word bios. That's the word that we would get biology from. And that literally means life in um, years. Okay, so many of us would live for, say, 79, 80 years as our BIOS life. We would cram lots of stuff into that. For example, 250,000 hours of sleep within our 79, 80, uh, hour, uh, 80 years of life. Some of you are having one of those at the moment. There's something like, on average, 76,000 meals crammed into your BIOS life. Jesus didn't come and said, I'll give you more of your bios life. He didn't come and say, I'm going to give you life in all of its fullness so that you can just eat and sleep and fill it and cram it with all this stuff. No, he came and I said, and he said, I give you a different type of life. And instead of the word bios, he used a word that we now know as a name. He called a word Zoe. I came to give you Zoe life. And instead of quantity of life, in other words, you'll get more and more stuff in your life. He talks about, I came to give you a quality of life. That's what the word Zoe means. So the scripture, the Bible says, I came to give you Zoe life, quality of life, and I came to give you it in the full. You could have life in all of its fullness. Zoe, life as it was meant to be lived. This is what it means. Zoe life means a life which is real and genuine, a life active and vigorous, devoted to God and blessed. So I suppose the question for you and I is, are we living a bios life, a life full of stuff, counting the years, or are we living a Zoe life? Have we discovered what it is in God to live a full life? I wonder if, like many of us in this room, you've ever had that question, there has to be more to life than this wonder if you've ever got to that place of desperation where you've thought, is this it? Is this all that life is about? Paying the bills, as, as Sam was saying during our tithes and offerings moment. There's some stuff I have to do. Is that all that life is? One of my favorite writers and a man uh, from America, a church pastor, called Dave Ferguson, says this, when you long for a love that is deep and satisfying, when you want to give yourself to something that will truly make a difference, and when you're seeking answers to life's most difficult questions, you are looking for God. So if you've ever asked that question, is there more to life than this, I want you to imagine that actually you're at the edge of that tightrope. You've got a moment where you can cling on to the stuff that you know, You can cling on to the security of that. Or you could take a step of faith to put your weight onto something that yet you don't know what it's going to be. But that's where you come fully alive. You've really got two options. You can keep searching, trying to fill that deep longing for love, purpose and meaning on your own. Or you can look to the one who gave you those longings in the very first place. Today, Paul and Danny have celebrated. We celebrate with you guys. You've declared and you've testified on this platform that you decided at a certain point in your life to say, I'm done with trying to do this on my own and I'm going to submit my life to a higher authority. And we know that higher authority to be God through his son, Jesus Christ. That's what they did. That's what baptism represents. Every one of them has described they used to live as a bios life, but now they've discovered a Zoe life. Danny and Paul's stories have pointed us to Jesus today, the one and whom we have this true life. And I don't know why you're here. Maybe you're a friend of Danny or Paul. Maybe you're someone who's been in church for years and years. You've come and you've done the stuff. You've walked through the rituals. You know what it is to go to church. You're a little bit like me. You grew up in church. Your parents have brought you there. You did all the stuff. But maybe for you today, you've not yet discovered full Zoe life. Today, there's an opportunity for every single one of us. When I was in my late teens, discovering at that moment of time what it is to take a step onto the tightrope, I would liken my life before that to literally sleepwalking. I was alive on the outside, but dead on the inside. Do you know what though? The good news is for every single one of us, there really is an invitation to you and I to fully come alive. There's an invitation to awaken from sleepwalking to life. Don't know if you know this, but God has a dream for your life, He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. He has a desire for you. And we can really liken it into two bits. The first is this, that God's dream for you is that you become fully aware, fully awakened, fully alive to the truth that he passionately and relentlessly loves you. You don't have to do anything about it. That's who God is. When I said the Bible is a love letter, that's what it is. It's a love letter to you. God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, in order that you and I could have a relationship with God again. And the first thing that God dreams for you is that you will become fully aware again, fully awakened to the truth that he passionately, relentlessly loves you. But he's got another dream for you as well. And this is part of you fully discovering what it is to become alive. And that is this, that when you discover who God says you are, in that moment of time, that you willingly risk loving others because you know God has risked everything in loving you. That's to become fully alive. That's what we call Zoe life. That's this quality of life that God has given to each and every one of us, that we would become alive in him and that we would willingly risk our lives in loving others because God risked everything in loving us. That is Zoe living. But the incredible truth of all this is that God knew that you couldn't do this on your own. He knew that Howard couldn't fix this on his own. He knew that Howard couldn't get out of that mess. He couldn't stop just living that bios life and discover Zoe life on his own so he launched an incredible rescue plan for you and for my for me 2000 years ago father god decided to send his one and only son Jesus Christ, to walk on this earth and to live the life that you and I get to live, to actually do the stuff, be tempted in the same ways, to think the same thoughts, to actually traverse this earth and walk the same dirt as you and I do, in order that you and I wouldn't have to face the wrath of God, the anger of God. Jesus Christ, his one and only son, became what we call the substitute for you and for me. You see, we are all sinners. Every single one of us has fallen short. Every single one of us has missed, missed the mark with God. And when we missed the mark, we were due to be facing punishment for that. But God in his kindness and his grace and his love and his mercy said, I'm not going to inflict that upon my children. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to send one who will take all of that punishment and take all of that pain And bear it upon themselves so that you and I can go free. That was his rescue plan. He knew that we would have a desire for love, purpose, and meaning. He knew that that was inherently built into every single one of us. And he sent Jesus in order that you and I could discover that. He's so passionate about restoring that life to you that he bridged the gap between you and him. God doesn't ask you to do anything he did it all on your behalf he made the first move it was his rescue plan but I want you to be aware today that the rescue plan wasn't cheap wasn't something that he could just magic up in any way shape or form it cost him his one and only son in order for you and I to receive Zoe life one man had to give up his life but today We're going to give you in a few minutes of time as well an opportunity to receive Zoe life, to receive Jesus into your heart. But I want to give you a a warning, a word of warning. You see, Zoe life cost one man his life. It cost Jesus his life. But it will also cost you your life. And that's what we celebrated in baptisms. We celebrated the laying down of our trying to do it, striving to make it happen life the life where we got it all together, the life where we think we can fix everything and make that happen. It will cost you that life because in order to receive Zoe life from God, we have to put to death our own way of doing it. And when we receive Zoe life, that's what we signified in water. They went down into the water, putting to death that old life. And as they came out of the water, they were resurrected into this brand new Zoe life. The Bible says that Danny and Paul are no longer in condemnation. They are now new creations. That's what they just celebrated and reenacted in the baptism waters. Just let me just chat with you two guys just for a moment. Baptism isn't a one-off moment. So when you've gone through the waters of baptism, you now have an incredibly powerful tool at your disposal to remind yourselves every single day of your life I've been baptised. Devil, you can't touch me. That untruth, you can't touch me. I'm now a new creation. I have now celebrated my new resurrected life in Christ. That's what baptism does. We call it a sacramental act. Jesus lives in that. um, He doesn't just kind of celebrate with you. He's right in the midst of your baptism. But the power is when you remind those thoughts and you remind the devil that you've been baptized wake every morning and say i'm baptized i'm a new creation it is so powerful guys you have done an incredible thing today way way above the natural you've done something in the spiritual realm today and we celebrate with you but for you and i the rest of us in here today there's a couple of challenges over our lives today the first is this zoe life do you want to receive zoe life And I want to declare to you today that Zoe life isn't found in self-help books. It's not found in a philosophy. It's not found in a religion. It's found in a man. And his name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came in order that you and I could receive a brand new style of life. A brand new adventure. Won't be easy. Christ didn't come to say it's all going to be easy. But he said, I've come to give you fullness of life. If you feel in any way that you've got that burning question in you of there's got to be more to life than this, I'd love to introduce you to Jesus because he is Zoe life in its very fullness. In the same book that we read from a minute ago, John, in this chapter, John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the Zoe life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, to God, except through me. So Zoe life, for you and for me, costs God everything. It will also cost you. You see, to receive Zoe life, you have to lose your current life. That's what we enacted here in baptism. And I want to give you an introduction to Jesus this afternoon. It's a really simple process. You see, Jesus today is calling you back home. If you are yet to discover God, I want to give you an invitation today to meet with him for the very first time. Many, many people in this room today have already accepted that invitation. It doesn't mean you're joining a religion. It doesn't mean that you're becoming someone different to who you are, although you will be transformed into someone different from who you are doesn't mean that you have to change your friends it doesn't mean that you have to give up on some of the stuff that you think well that's fun but there will be a life that Christ calls you to that Jesus calls you to but it will be a life that's full of him be a life that's full of his goodness and his grace and his love and his mercy you will become aware of who he is Danny and Paul celebrated that today and today there's three steps to this coming back home the first is this You're going to admit that you've got some stuff wrong. For every single one of us, when we come to Jesus and we accept Jesus in our hearts, the first thing we have to do is we have to admit that we couldn't do this on our own. We have to stand like we are on the edge of that tightrope, about to take our first step and say, I'm going to leave that behind. I'm going to take a step into a newness of life. Admit that you've been disconnected from God that you're longing for love, that you're longing for purpose and that you're longing for meaning. Talk to God. Tell him about those areas of your life that you've tried to do it on your own. Tell God how sorry you are. Maybe you're sitting here today and the words that I've spoken have left you with that kind of feeling of he's speaking to me. It's not me. It's God speaking to you right now. Maybe you're sat here today and gone, I'm just not interested in what you're saying. That's absolutely fine. But all I want to say to you today is God loves you passionately. He's not going to leave you on your own. He's got a desire for you to come back home to him. So the first thing is to admit you can't do it on your own. The second one is to commit. It's to commit to not walking that way any longer. It's what Danny and Paul did. As they stood here and they gave their testimonies, they said, we got to a moment in our lives where we said, and we're not going to walk that way anymore, anymore. I did it on that morning when I found out that my uncle had died. I had a realization that the way that I was walking was not going to bring me health, life, wholeness. I had to go in a different direction. I had to wake up and come alive. I had to commit. I had to commit my life to Jesus, to the one When I committed to him, he's never, we sang about it a minute ago, he's faithful every single day of our lives. Never leave or forsake us. But the final thing is this, you have to submit. You see, in order to receive Zoe life, when you admit you can't do it on your own, when you commit to not walking in that way again, and when you submit your life, you begin to receive a new life. It says this in a different book in the Bible. It says this in the book of Matthew. Those who try to gain their own life will lose it. But those who lose their life for my sake will gain it. I invite you today to lose your own life and receive a brand new Zoe life in Jesus. And there's three ways to do this. Admit, commit, and submit. That sounds really complex, doesn't it? But how do I admit? Literally have a conversation with God that says, God, I've got this wrong. How do I commit? Make a statement before God that says, God, I'm not going to walk in that way again. I'm going to go in a different direction. And how do I submit? Well, you submit by saying, I'm no longer going to be the Lord of my own life, I'm no longer going to be the boss of my own life. I'm going to choose to make someone else the Lord the boss, the prime minister, the governor of my life. I'm going to choose to submit to Jesus Christ. And here at Alive, we've made this really simple. We've got one prayer that allows us to do all of those things. If we can put the prayer up, guys, that'd be really helpful. Let's just walk through this. Thank you, God, for loving me. I'll read it at the moment. But thank you, I can get connected to you now because you're alive today. I admit, this is the admit bit, I admit that I've lived my life without you and I've messed up. That's a saying God, I've got this wrong and I'm sick and tired of doing it in my own strength. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. That's the committing bit. I commit myself to who you are and your way of doing life. And then here's the submission bit. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. This prayer allows you to do those three things. To admit to God I got it wrong, to commit to his ways, and to submit to His Lordship and His design and plan for your life what we're going to do is we're all going to say this prayer together every single one of us those who've said this prayer many many times and those of us in this place who perhaps saying it for the very first time then at the end of this prayer I'm going to ask everyone just to bow their heads and at the end of that as you um, bow your head if you've said this prayer for the first time and you want to tell me that today I'm serious about admitting that I've it wrong committing to Jesus and submitting my life to His Lordship just going to ask you to raise your hand in this place and all that'll do is it'll trigger it'll just allow me to see that you've made a decision and it'll allow one or two of my friends to bring a book to you and to help you discover Jesus a bit more fully it's as simple as that we're not asking you for anything else it's not some weird salesman trying to sell you a pitch or anything like that but I am offering you today through Jesus the ability to receive Zoe life. Church, come on, let's read this prayer together. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life, and I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Why don't we bow our heads? Is there anyone here today, for the very first time, wants to just indicate by raising their hand and saying, today I've made a decision to follow Jesus, to admit to him I've got it wrong, to commit my life to him, to submit to his Lordship." For anyone here who wants to receive that gift of life this afternoon, wonderful, man, great. If we can get a book to this gentleman here, that'd be really good for the team. For anyone else who wants to join him today, an opportunity. Anyone else this afternoon who wants to say, I admit, I commit and I submit my life to Christ. Wonderful. It says in the Bible that when someone makes a decision to follow Jesus, all of heaven celebrates with them. So if you know Jesus, I'd love us to celebrate, to applaud that decision, to celebrate in this place. So come on, let's applaud the person who's made a decision to follow Jesus. Amazing. Bless you. Wonderful. And can I encourage you, if you know Jesus, there are two areas in this whole Zoe life that are so important for you and I. The first is that you go from this place today knowing that Jesus loves you relentlessly. He absolutely loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't change it in any way, shape or form. He goes with you from this place. says in his word that he's gone before you. But the second is this, that you will give your life now to loving others like Jesus Christ has loved you. You will give your life to lay down your life for the sake of others. You see, it's not good enough for a Christian to walk out of this place and say, I'm loved by Jesus, all is well. A true Christian is somebody who picks up their cross and says, I'll follow you, Jesus, into every area of my life. I will love unconditionally those that you bring into my path. So for those of you in the church, those of you who get to hear this stuff each and every week, the challenge for you is that this week, go from this place fully alive in Christ, come alive fully to Zoe life. And as you are alive in this this new life, as you have done that walk, like Danny and Paul have done, go from this place and love Newark like you've never loved it before. Go into your workplaces, go into your schools, into your neighborhoods, go into your houses and love it like you've never loved before because they deserve it. One honor and privilege to speak with you this afternoon. I love you so much. And uh, let's stand. We're going to sing for one final song. It's been an honor to be with you this afternoon. God bless. That's all from us today. Thanks for listening. We pray you have a great day.